What's up, people? What's going on? Yeah, a lot's going on. So, yeah. I'm back with uh, Romy Rome here. You know, talking about uh, the Fed and... You know, I'm just... Uh, paraphrasing his meeting here. His remarks. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, that's how we doing it. But, uh, you know, the last podcast that we just put out about five minutes ago, you know what's funny? I just put out a podcast five minutes ago, and it, it already has, like, how like how you, how you listening to my shit five minutes ago? How, how, how does it already have listeners already? And I just put it out. Shouldn't they have to, you know what I'm saying? Listen to the shit for like an hour. I don't, I don't get that. Or they press play and then just go straight to the end. I don't know. Can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. Uh, or they might be listening somewhere else. Who knows? Like while I'm podcasting, they listening. So, so they're getting a live podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're not listening to a podcast. They're listening to me talk right now. Imagine. Imagine all the people. Sitting around the table listening to me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Isn't that funny? Yes, it is. Okay, let's get back to Romy Rome out here. Fed chair. Answering some questions. And uh, the lady asked if is this a signal that he's going to pause and blah, blah, blah. He keeps talking about the data. So he said, well, he said the word data like three times already. So we're going to, we're counting how many times he says data. So we're up to three. All right, so let's listen. We'll approach that question at the June meeting. Uh, so basically, with respect to her question, if this is a signal of a pause, he's saying that you know uh, the incoming data, which is from which is from April, <laughs> that he's going to use for June. <laughs> the, the incoming data that he's gathering from the April numbers that he should have been using for May, he's going to use that for June. All right, so this is why he said, uh, you know, we'll approach that when we get to it. In, in, refer in, in, in reference to her uh, question about a pause. When we get to June, which is the next meeting, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. Burn the freaking bridge, but whatever. So the, the, um, the staff's uh, 
forecast is. So let me say, start by saying that that's not my own most likely uh, case, which is really that, that, that the economy will continue to grow at, at a modest rate this year. And I think that's uh, so different people on the committee have different forecasts. That's that's my own assessment of the most likely. I mean, you think you think that everybody has different forecasts, but you represent the uh, um, the summarized view of of the committee, right? Okay, everybody has different views, which is what a committee is supposed to be about. But in the end, everybody uh, agrees on what the chair will do going forward or, you know what I'm saying, what the, uh, what the decisions of the, committees, the committee is going forward, not him saying, oh, this is their view, not mine. <laughs> so if this sounds bad, you could blame them, not me. I mean, really? What are we, what are we out here um, bobbing for points? <laughs> but like I said, bobbing for coolness, because it's like okay, don't let this, don't let this, don't let this, what I'm about to tell you, uh, mess up my uh, coolness. Oh, boy. Path. Staff produces its own forecast, and it's independent of the forecasts of of the uh, participants, which include the governors and the reserve bank presidents, of course. And we think this is a healthy thing, that the, that the staff is writing down what they really think. They're not especially influenced by what the governors think, and vice versa. The governors are not... Listen, don't believe none of that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Because the staff write down something that the governors might find alarming. Staff is out of there. New staff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, they, they, when he uses these terms and say these things, it's, it's like... Uh, you know, he's just failing to provide proper context. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's like, stop the bullshit, bro. That's all I'm saying. Taking what the staff says and just writing that down. So it's actually good that, that the staff and individual participants uh, can have different perspectives. Um, so broadly, uh, the, the forecast was for a mild recession and by that, I would characterize as one in which the rise in unemployment is smaller than is, has been typical in modern era uh, recessions. Um, I, I wouldn't want to characterize the, the, the staff's uh, uh, forecast for this meeting. We'll, we'll leave that to the minutes, but broadly, broadly similar to that. Thank you, Chair Powell, Russell Siegel from The Washington Post. Thanks for taking our questions. I'm wondering if you can talk about the account of possible effects of a debt limit standoff. You've said repeatedly that the seal. Listen, yeah, we know that we know we know about all of that. We know we, you know, they have this dance every so often, and the government even shut down once, and it wasn't cool. We know about all that. We ain't talking about this. Why are you trying to soften up? You know, she's a hater. She's a freaking hater. You know what I'm saying? With her, with her, with her fluff. Oh, damn, I forgot my stuff today with her fluff questioning. You know what I'm saying? One set of fluff. More fluff. You didn't give him a chance to 
you know, breathe a little bit. But it's good. The the real questions ain't even coming yet. Hold up. Let me let me bypass this. Oh yeah, I wanna hear it. Oh, oh I couldn't stress how how important it is to raise the debt ceiling, blah 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 blah. Whatever. Okay, good. He said he don't make those decisions and he don't comment on it. So he's leaving it there. So let's continue. I'll give advice to either side. Um, we just would point out that forecast, and it's independent of the forecasts of, of the uh, participants, which include the governors and the Reserve Bank presidents, of course. And we think this is a healthy thing, that the, that the staff is writing down what they really think. They're not especially influenced by what the governors think, and vice versa. The governors are not. Yeah, right. Let them staff write down something that <laughs> that's not in line with the governor's thoughts. I mean, they've been around them enough, right? So yeah, let them staff write down something that's not in line. I guess they be they be not staff anymore. Taking what the staff says and just writing that down. So it's actually good that the the staff and individual participants. Uh, yeah, these these uh <laughs> this group here. Yeah, they've already trained their staff to basically think like them. So their staff ain't writing down nothing that's not in line with their thinking can have different perspectives. Um, so broadly, uh, the, the forecast was for a mild recession, and by that I would characterize as one in which the rise in unemployment is smaller than is, has been typical in modern. Well, uh, he said earlier that, uh, he said, what he said, what he said, uh, not earlier, but like, I mean, way earlier, before he started his rate rise campaign, he said something to the effect of, I forgot what he said, but I think he, but the fact that he was late, yeah, because I can't remember, but the fact that he was late on starting the interest rate campaign, which was probably another intentional move, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he knew if he started late, then he would have to go aggressive, aggressive, aggressively hawkish. You know what I'm saying? Which would cause problems. Because folks wouldn't be able to deal with that based on, you know, measurements in those sort of sectors, you know? Era, uh, recessions. Um, I, I, I wouldn't want to characterize the, the, the staff's... Uh, Forecast for this meeting. We'll we'll leave that to the minutes, but broadly broadly similar to that. Thank you, Chair Powell Siegel from the Washington Post. Thanks for taking our questions. I'm wondering if you can talk about the account of possible effects of a debt limit standoff. You've said repeatedly that the ceiling must be raised. Oh yes, this again. Any economics effects of even getting close to a default? Okay, let's just and hear it. Let's just freaking like. hear it. Um, it's so not, I, I it's not in his purview to speculate um, on these that. These are fiscal policy matters for starters, and they're uh, therefore Congress and the administration for the elected parts of the government to deal with, and, and uh, they're really cons consigned to them. From our standpoint, I, I would just say this. It's essential that, that the debt ceiling be raised in a timely way so that the U.S. government can pay all of its bills when they're due. A failure to do that would be unprecedented. 
uh, we'd be in uncharted territory and the, and the consequences to the U.S. economy would be highly uncertain and could, could be quite averse. So uh, I'll just leave it there. We, um, we don't give advice to either side. Um, we just yeah, right. would point out that, it, that it's very important that this be done. And the, the, the other point I'll, I'll make about that, though, is that no one should assume that the Fed can protect the economy from the potential you know, short and long-term effects of a failure to pay our bills on time. We, we, uh, uh, it's, it would be so uncertain that it's just as important that, that this we never get to a place where we're actually talking about or even having a situation where the U.S. government's not paying its bills. And just to follow up, was discussion around the uncertainty of a possible standoff did that affect today's monetary policy decision at all? It should have. I would say that it did. It was, of course, it's something that came up. We talk a lot about risks uh, to the to the outlook, and that that will that come up. A number of people did raise that as a risk to the outlook. I wouldn't say that it was important in today's uh, monetary policy decision. Yet. I mean, personally, that should be very important because if you if you keep hiking up interest rates, the interest on that debt goes up and up and up. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not paying attention to that risk, that's the same risk that he wasn't paying attention to with Silicon Valley Bank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now he's not paying attention to risk on a larger scale. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm Listen, I'm not feeling him. I'm not feeling him at all. Because the fact that he used that word risk you know, you should be paying attention to risk. And when you're talking about the debt ceiling, meaning debt, so there's interest on debt. So when you raise the interest rate, guess what? You raise the interest on the debt. You know what I'm saying? So which balloons the debt because you added more interest. So how could you not pay attention to that? How could that, how could that, how, how could such an important factor not be, uh, you know, used in, in a decision making, in measuring whether, I mean, that's such an important measurement. Listen, I'm not, I'm not feeling him. Because, like I said, he's talking about how, you know, he makes these statements about how, you know, oh, you know, it's, it's like these confidence statements, you know what I'm saying? But his actions don't really, uh, don't really uh, make you feel confident that he's actually practicing what he's preaching, Let's just keep it real. And um, this is kind of crazy. So I I'm not feeling them. Not at all. Uh, Steve Leesman, CNBC. Can you tell us what the Federal Reserve Board did? In the wake of that February presentation where you were informed that Silicon Valley Bank and other banks were experiencing interest rate risks. And can you tell me what supervisory actions you've done in the wake of the recent bank failures 
ensure that banks are currently appropriately managing interest rate risk? And kind of part three, but it's all the same question here. Do, do you still think this separation principle that monetary policy and supervision can be handled with different tools? Thank you. Sure. So the February 14th presentation, I didn't remember it very well, but now, of course, I've gone back and looked at it very carefully. I did remember it. And what it was was a general presentation. It was a, an informational briefing of the whole board, the entire board. I think all members were there. And uh, it was about interest rate risk in the banks and, and um, lots of data. And there was one page on Silicon Valley Bank, which talked about, uh, you know, the amount of losses they or mark-to-market losses they had in their portfolio. There was nothing in it about, uh, that I recall anyway, about, um, about the risk of a bank run. So it was, I think the takeaway was they were going away to do a, an assessment, a vertical, uh, sorry, a horizontal assessment of, of banks. It wasn't, um, it, it wasn't presented as an urgent or alarming situation. It was presented as, a, as, a, as an informational, non-decisional kind of a thing, and I thought it was a, a good presentation and, and uh, as I said, did remember it. Um, in yeah, terms of what we're doing, attention. of course, uh, I think banks themselves are, are, many, many banks are now uh, are attending to liquidity and uh, taking opportunity now, really since, uh, since the events of, of early March, to, to build liquidity. Uh, and um, you asked about the separation principle. I, you know, I, I, like so many things, it, it's very useful, um, but you know, ultimately, it has its limits. I mean, I, I think in this particular case, we have found that uh, monetary policy tools and the financial stability tools are not in conflict. They're both they're working well together. We've used our our uh, financial stability tools to support banks through our lending facilities. And um, at the same time, we've been able to uh, use our monetary policy tools to foster maximum employment and price stability. I don't mean to be argumentative, but the, the staff report said SVB has significant interest rate risk. It said interest rate risk measurements failed at SVB, and it said banks with large unrealized losses face significant safety and soundness risk. Why was that not alarming? Well, I mean... Oh, he wasn't paying attention. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like he's telling you he wasn't paying attention, but it's almost like you're not getting it that the fact that he wasn't paying attention. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> like I said, I'm not feeling him because if you wasn't paying attention then, you just repeated the same thing just now in reference to the uh, the national debt and the interest that's that 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 you know that that it, that is compounded or you know what I'm saying that is uh that balloons the debt because the interest goes up on the debt every time he raised the interest rate but that's something that he's not paying attention to really you you, you get what I'm saying here people this this sounds kind of weird to me yeah, and uh, right now he looks kind of flustered that he's being put on the spot. Like, um, you know, Steve Leesman shouldn't have put him on the damn spot or something. Like, he doesn't have a an obligation to his own reputation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, he look, look. You should see him. You should see his face. Go, go look at it and see his face. Like, like, you ain't hear what I just said? I mean, I didn't say it wasn't alarming. It was 
they're pointing out something that they're working on and that they're on the case that they, you know that uh, I'm not sure whether they mentioned um, I think they did actually they mentioned um, that yeah he's being dodgy action matter or supervisory action in the form of matters requiring attention so I think that was also in the presentation I think it, it was to say yes this is a bank and there are many other banks that are experiencing this these things and, and we're on the case no 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 I, I don't think he was paying any attention um, and this is his way of trying to explain it like he was and it didn't seem like something to be alarmed about even though it was alarming I mean like it's almost like it's almost like the alarm is ringing and he's telling you don't worry about it why would they be a fucking alarm then if I shouldn't worry about it oh maybe somebody's playing really really no, fuck you. Uh, let me go see what the fuck is that. The fucking place is on fire. You know what? I'm not going to say nothing to his ass. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he, 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 should be in, he should be in good company. <laughs> uh, you got to be kidding me, man. Listen. Man, he's another one I would say, yo, you got to go, bro, because you kind of, you, you, you're being dodgy right now, and you fucking shit up, you know what I'm saying? And uh, when you should be paying attention, you're not paying attention. But then when it's found, then when you look bad, now, now you're acting like you're paying attention. Does that sound familiar to y'all? Does that sound familiar to y'all? Or if it don't sound familiar to y'all, well, yeah, he sounds just like freaking Gary Gensler. You know what I mean? Yeah, with, 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 with uh, SBF and FTX. He should have been paying attention to FTX because uh, he was right up under their ass. But he wasn't paying attention. And FTX collapsed. And now he want to act like he's paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sounds, sounds eerily similar. And I'm not feeling neither one of them. At all. I mean, it's like he just basically dismissed that question. And uh, it's like, it's like, I'm not going to answer anymore. He keeps shuffling these papers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. What, what is he doing? I mean, this is so much like an act, it's not even funny. And I'm not buying his act. You know what I mean? No. No awards here, sir. No no awards. Jeez. Hi, Chair Powell. Uh, I wanted to ask, obviously, with the recent bank turmoil, we've seen uh, multiple banks buy other banks. And I was just curious whether you think that further consolidation in the banking sector would increase or decrease financial stability and whether you have any concerns about the biggest bank in the U.S. Uh, getting even larger. So, you know, we certainly don't. And I don't have an agenda to further consolidate uh, banks. There's been... Listen, he don't have an agenda. That's like saying cats don't have tails or dogs don't bark. 
or you wouldn't get a ticket for parking at a hydrant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell y'all something. I will learn today. Like, for real, for real, bro. Oh, jeez. Consolidation has been a factor in the U.S. banking industry really since uh, interstate banking and before that even. It goes back more than 30 years. You, when I was in the government a while back, I think there were 14,000 banks. Now there are 4,000 and change. So that's, that's going on. I personally have long felt that having small, medium, and large-sized banks is a, a great part of our banking system. Uh, you know, the, the community bank... Nah, he's full of shit. Because if that's how he felt, why 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 do folks uh, manipulate their way into small biz into small banks, and then uh, create a whole bunch of? They take those small banks from uh, conservative small banks to risky, straight out of fucking business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, nobody pays attention from the Fed, nobody pays attention, SEC, nobody pays attention, you know what I'm saying, until the, the freaking bank is about to collapse, or, you know, become insolvent, and then there's no backstory, why, because, you know, buddies, buddies of buddies, you know what I'm saying, probably, I call them financial terrorists, where, you know, they move into these banks for the purposes of taking them from, you know, conservative, well-operated banks to uh, excessively risky. You know what I mean? It's like usually in times of good, you know, this is when, you know, um, small banks get a run on by these um you know financial manipulators who want to occupy position in an effort to um bring the bank into possible insolvency or takeover you know what i'm saying it's facts but uh yeah that's not on his agenda as he says Right. Banks serve particular customers very well. Regional banks serve very important uh, purposes, and the various kinds of GSIPs do as well. So I think it's healthy to have a, a you know yeah. a range a range sure of different does. kinds of banks doing different things. Um, I think that's a positive thing. Um, is it a financial? So I, I would just say, in terms of J.P. Morgan uh, buying uh, First Republic. Um, the FDIC really runs the process of closing and selling a closed bank completely. That that is their role. So I really don't have a comment on on that process. So what's up? You know, what's up with people's stock for failing bank? What's up with people's stock in First Republic? The FDIC, I believe, is bound by law to take the bid that is the least cost bid. So I would assume that's what they did. The fact that they're they're getting larger in general. So I, I, I think it's probably good policy that we, we don't want the largest banks doing big acquisitions. 
that is the policy. And uh, but this is a, this is an exception for a failing bank, and I, I think it's actually a good outcome for the banking system. It also would have would have been a good a, a good outcome for the banking system had one of the regional banks bought bought this company, and that could have been the outcome. But ultimately, we have to follow the law in our agencies, and the law is it goes to the uh, the, the least cost bid. Uh, Colby Smith with the Financial Times. Uh, at the March meeting, you mentioned that a tightening of credit conditions um, from the recent bank stress could be equal to one or more rate increases. Uh, so given developments since then, how has your estimate changed? It hasn't. Yeah, I think I, I, think I followed that up by saying it's, um, it's uh, quite impossible to have a precise estimate of the words to that effect. Um, but in principle, that's the idea. You know, when we, we've been raising interest rates and that raises the price of credit, and that, in a sense, restricts credit in the economy working through the price mechanism. And, you know, when banks raise their credit standards, that can also make credit tightener in, in a kind of broadly similar way. Um, it, isn't, it isn't possible to make a kind of clean translation between one and the other, although firms are trying that and, you know, we're trying it. But ultimately, we have to be, we have to be honest and humble about our ability to make a precise assessment. So it does complicate the task of achieving, you know, a su sufficiently restrictive stance. But I think conceptually, though, we think that, it, you know, interest rates will, in principle, we won't have to raise rates quite as high as we would have had this not happened. The extent of that is so hard to predict because we don't know how persistent these, um, th these effects will be. We don't know how large they'll be and how long they'll take to be transmitted. But that's, that's what, we'll, what we'll be watching carefully to find out. Uh, just to quickly follow up, what, what does it suggest about the scope for the committee uh, to pause rate increases perhaps as early as next month, uh, even if the data remains strong, then if, if it's having some kind of subsidy? Exactly. So, you know, you, w with respect to the uh, young lady's question, you know, she recognized the fact that you're harping on this data too much. You know what I'm saying? And I, and, and, uh, Everybody's telling you the data is like, and the way, and what he's speaking about right now is like, okay, the data, the data, the data, but it's old data. So it's like, you know, you're supposed to be mixing data with, you know, with your forecasting abilities and, and you know, moving forward like that. But it's like, I, you know, the, you know, the young lady, she's definitely getting frustrated with, with his uh you know laser focus on the data like that's the only thing he should be focused on you know what i mean but he's he's basically trying to say that that's all he should be focused on but he uh, you don't understand no that's not all you should be focused on but you know but you can you can sense the frustration you know with regards to this data, data, data shit that he keeps talking about. It's that this is just something that we have to factor in as we as we want to find ourselves. So I guess I would say it this way. This is something that we have to factor in, you know, as we try to find ourselves. But he didn't want to say that. <sighs> No confidence, bro. Um, the assessment of uh, 
of the extent to which additional policy firming may be appropriate is going to be an ongoing one, meeting by meeting, and we're going to be looking at the factors that I mentioned that they're listed in, in the statement, the obvious factors. That's, that's the way we're going to be thinking about it. Um, and uh, that's really all we can do. As, as I say, it does complicate. We, we have, you know, a broad understanding of monetary policy. Credit tightening is a different thing. There's a lot of literature on that, but translating it into into rate uh, hikes is, is uncertain. Let's say it adds even further uncertainty. Nonetheless, we'll be able to see uh, what's happening with credit conditions, what's happening with lending. We get there's a lot of data on that, and you know we'll we'll factor that into our decision making. Howard. Uh, Howard Schneider with Reuters. Thank you. Um, so noting that the statement dropped the reference to uh, uh, sufficiently restricted restrictive. I was wondering, uh, given your baseline outlook, whether you feel this current rate of five to five and a quarter percent is in fact sufficiently restrictive. So that's going to be an ongoing assessment. We're going to need data to accumulate on that. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, so basically the data that he's going to use is the data that accumulated from uh, April. You know what I'm saying? That's the data he's going to use, and that data might uh, tell him, he might say, well, we're going to pause this month, but we're going to continue our rate hikes, you know what I'm saying, which he's going to use the data from April to hike the rates in July, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling his, I'm not feeling his... You know, his little, his little, uh, using late data to make policy or using three month old data to make policy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. But yeah, there he goes again with the word data. So that's like four times already. assessment that we've made as that that would mean we think we've reached that point and I, I just think it's uh, it's not possible to say that with confidence now um, but nonetheless you 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 will know that the uh, summary of economic projections from the March meeting showed that in at that point in time that the median participant thought that this was, this was the appropriate level of the of the ultimate uh, high level of rates we don't know that we'll revisit that at the June meeting um, and that's, you know, we're just going to have to, before we really declare that, I think we're going to have to see uh, data accumulating Ten, and, uh, five, six. Um, and, you know, make that, as I mentioned, it's an ongoing assessment. I, and a follow-up on credit, if I could, could you give us a sense of what the SLUS uh, survey uh, indicated? Uh, it was already, uh, you know, I think 40, 45% of banks were tightening credit as of the, uh, the last survey. Uh, what did this one show and how did that weigh into two-year deliberations? So we're going to release the results of the SLUS on May 8th in line with our usual time frame. And I, I would just say that the SLUS is broadly consistent when you see it with how we and others have been thinking about the situation and what we're seeing from other sources. You will have seen the Beige Book and listened to the various earnings calls that indicate that mid-sized banks have, some of them have been tightening their lending standards. Um, banking data will show that lending has continued to grow, but the pace has been slowing really since the second half of last year.
Journal. Uh, Chair Powell, the argument around the end of last year and the beginning of this year to slow down the pace of increases was to give yourself time to study the effects of those moves. After the bank failures in March, uh, as you've discussed, the Fed staff projected a recession starting later this year. So my question is why it was necessary to raise interest rates today, or, or put, put differently, if the whole point of slowing down the pace was to see the effects of your moves, and now you've, for the last two meetings, been seeing the effects of those moves, why did the committee feel it was necessary to keep moving? Exactly. You know, you said that you wanted to see rates begin to slow. You know what I'm saying? You wanted to see inflation begin to slow. Excuse me. Um, looking, looking at your data, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Looking at your data is an indication that, yes, inflation is slowing. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, looking at your data is indicating that uh, inflation is definitely slowing. So, with inflation, sh with with inflation. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a little, uh, I'm, 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 I'm multitasking here. So, with inflation uh, showing signs of slowdown, basically it indicates that your, your uh, policies are working. Rather, okay, so it shows that your policies are working. Cool. It shows that your policies are working so much that banks are starting to collapse because they can't handle the rate increases with respect to their um, bonds or whatever the case, whatever that they have. You know what I'm saying? So you see that your your rate, you know, your your, your rate increases is slowing. The economy, banks are collapsing. So you would think that, all right, the economy is slowing. Let me take a pause and allow what I've done to catch up and really show, show me the signs that I need. No, but instead you just continue, continue, continue. You know what I mean? And it's basically... And you're telling us, oh, the data, the data. But the data is showing... But you see, the data is showing that, that inflation, inflation is slowing. You said you needed to see signs that inflation is slowing for you to consider a pause. You have the sign of, you know, the bank collapse or the banks collapsing. Do you know what I mean? You have the numbers, your numbers. 
9 to 5. That's a significant slowdown. Yes, you want a targeted number, but that's a significant slowdown. So that would ind indicate that, yes, your policies are working. So given the bank collapse, you would think, all right, yeah, my policies are working. 9, now it's at 5. So now let me pause. At the On top of that, you got the debt ceiling situation that you're not paying attention to because you don't think it's a factor. What? And as you continue to raise interest rates, no, you know, he's, you know, he's acting kind of, uh, he's acting kind of, consp now, now I'm putting on my tinfoil hat here. Now I'm putting on the tinfoil hat and say that Jerome Powell is acting conspiratorial and who knows, he might have a, uh, he might have a, an ulterior motive. You know what I'm saying? At the same pace, you're hearing that those, uh, I guess the, uh, the new, the new, the new countries about to start their currency. So, what type of hand, you know, how does he, how does he, uh, what does he know, what does he know about that? Listen, don't, don't let me, listen. I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that, man. I'm not feeling that at all. Yeah, let's hear his answer. Why is he so uh, uh, hawkish? You know, given the fact that... Because he said he wanted to see. If his rates are working, okay. Your rates, your, your, if if you wanted to see if your your your, you know your 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 aggressive posture is working, your aggressive posture is working. But now 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 you move the goalposts. You know what I'm saying? Just like Gary Gensler, first, crypto was a commodity. You know what I'm saying? Now that your boy. Is out of the freaking uh, shit because he stole $32 billion right under your freaking nose. Right under your nose. Not even, I'm not even trying to be funny. Right under your nose. You know what I'm saying? Or, you may, or maybe you knew he was stealing and you just, you know, looked the other way because that was a family friend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, this guy Gensler and uh, this guy Powell—they just sound eerily some uh, similar, and it's not funny. It's definitely not funny because uh, you know Gensler tried his hand at comedy and uh, just just was not funny. You know what I'm saying? Talking about the um, the dog and your, your, the ticket and yeah, well if it was a family friend, ain't no freaking ticket and you know that. So cut the bullshit. Stop saying shit that you know. It's not facts.
So yeah, let me get back to him just now. Yeah, so um, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of not feeling him. Yeah, he's he's really sounding like similar to this guy uh Gary Gensler where he says one thing and then says the opposite and then tries to pretend like oh, he has everybody's uh he has everybody's interests in mind and he just sounds so fake so untrustworthy you know what I'm saying and you could tell that folks are really kind of uh, impatient with him you know what I'm saying yeah let's hear him um, the reason is that we, again, with our monetary policy, we're trying, trying to reach and then, and then stay at, a uh, for an extended period, a level of, of policy, a policy stance that's sufficiently restrictive to... Yeah, you hear him? He's fumbling. He's fumbling and bumbling. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, you know, the guy just hit him with a zinger there. You know, basically, you've already stated, okay, you stated that you wanted to see inflation coming down. Inflation's coming down. So why are you so hawkish? Why are you so, uh, you know, uh, like, aggressively hawkish here? Like, what, what the hell? It's almost like you're doing it intentionally. So now, you know what I'm saying? He's basically uh, being put on the spot, and he realizes that, yo, it's like, it's like, it's almost like the jig is up, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's almost like the jig is up. It's almost like the uh the, the financial reporters are saying like, "Yo, bro, like you you making us you making us feel like you're doing this on purpose." Bring inflation down to 2% over time. And then on top and then, you know, he's answering and it's like he's nervous because now He's picking up on the fact that they're fig they are picking up on the fact that he might be doing this shit intentional. You know what I mean? So it's like he don't know uh he don't know he's he's kinda he's kinda it's kinda making him nervous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's kinda making him nervous. And you know, that's what we're trying to do with our with our tool. Um, I think slowing down was the right move. I, I think um, it's slowing. It's enabled us to see more data, and it will continue to do data. So. What's that like the eighth uh, time? So I, I, you know, we we really, um, you know, we have to balance. We always have to balance the risk of not doing enough and and not getting inflation under control against the. Yeah, but you see, you notice we have to balance the risk of not doing enough. But notice he's pretending like he's not paying attention to doing too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're talking about balancing risk, the balance there is not doing enough. And the other side of that is doing too much. But you notice he's staying away from that. Listen, I don't trust him. Let's just keep it real. Yeah, I don't trust him. Just like I don't trust Gary Gensler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Both of them are personally 
Man, listen, I would go to conspiracy. I would I would go down the conspiracy lane with both of them. Straight up. Might be sitting there laughing at the fact that they putting folks through a bunch of freaking problems. Let's just keep it real. Because this is Realness About Things podcast. Let's go ahead. The risk of maybe slowing down economic activity too much. And we thought that this rate hike, along with the meaningful change in... in uh, our policy statement was the right way to balance that. And just to follow up, you know, what you said in response to Howard's question, you'll need data to accumulate to determine if this is a sufficiently restrictive stance. Does that data need to accumulate or could it accumulate over a longer period than a six week intermeeting cycle? I, yeah, I mean, I, as I mentioned, I, I would just say that this assessment will be an ongoing one. Uh, you. You know, you can't with with economic data. You you, you can't. You you've seen take take inflation from it. Look look back. We've seen inflation come down, move back up, two or three times since March of 2021. We've seen inflation have a few months of coming down and then come right back up. So I think you're going to want to see that. Uh, you know that a few months of data will will persuade you that you that you've got that. Well, um, you know, we're in the pandemic. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're in the pandemic. We're we were we were we were in uncharted waters at that time, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uncharted waters. You know what I mean? So so for you to gauge for you to for you to gauge inflation during a pandemic, I mean, if anybody didn't catch that, I I, I or, or am I off? Because I am the local idiot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Am I am I am I am I a little bit too off saying that gauging inflation as a a comparative Okay, or gauging inflation gauging inflation during a pandemic like we've never seen before as a comparative time it's kind of weird you should i mean can't you find any other time to gauge inflation or maybe you don't know or maybe you just don't know any other time to gauge inflation but gauging inflation during a pandemic, it's, it's not really a good benchmark. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe I'm off. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm off. I might be. I might be. Yeah, I might be. But I, I I just don't think that's the right move. Gauging and inflation. Or gauging inflation during a, uh, an ongoing pandemic. <laughs> Shit is shut down. Shit is open. You know, folks don't know if they could open. Folks don't know if they can shut down. <laughs> 
I mean, it's not funny, but that's not the right. That's I don't think that's the right gauge, bro. But I might be off, though. I might be off. But I just don't think I'm not. But I might be. But I just don't think I'm not. But I might be. But I don't think I'm not. Okay, we ain't gonna do this all day. Ah, yeah, he's another exhauster. He's a, he's a. I call him the exhauster in chair. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. This right kind of thing, and you know, I we 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 have the luxury. We've we've raised 500 basis points. I think that policy is tight. I think real rates are probably that you can calculate them many different ways. But you know, he's you know he's given mixed messages. The reason why he's given mixed messages is almost like people are start. You know, these these financial uh, reporters are really getting are becoming frustrated with him, and in a sense, you know, are, are starting to call him out. So he's now sort of like playing into their hands a little bit, saying that oh yes, you know, we've raised it five hundred basis points or whatever the case is. And uh, I think that's a, I think that's a tight, I think, it's almost like he's saying, I think that's tight enough, you know what I mean? But in the same breath saying that we have, we have a long way to go. Like, what the fuck, bro? Like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? This is, this is his way of, you know, pretty much exhausting people's anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is intentional. Fuck that. Fuck that. This is fucking intentional. I don't want to hear no bullshit. Word up. I ain't like the rest of them. You see, that's why that's why a lot of y'all motherfuckers was able to get swindled by that girl fucking Katie Holmes. No, um, Elizabeth Holmes. Whatever the fuck her name is. The Terranos chick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, y'all be acting like y'all can't call shit out. Like y'all scared to call shit out or something. Like, what the fuck? I mean, y'all sounded like y'all freaking frustrated with him. So what the fuck? And he and he recognized the frustration. So now he's starting to play into y'all hands, saying, "Oh, you know, I think this is a tight. I think I think the five hundred basis points and a quarter is a tight and it's tight enough. You know what I mean? You know, signaling to you that oh yeah, it might he might signal a pause. But I figure that's bullshit. He'll probably signal a pause next month. But then he'll use the data from May." That he would have used for June. Or. Let me see. Yeah I already explained that. Because even his freaking moves is confusing me. You know what I'm saying. And that's what it's meant to do. You know what I mean. Because uh, God is not the author of confusion. Don't let me get started with that one. <laughs> Don't let me get started on that angle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't let me get started on that angle, bro. Because <laughs> that is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't. I, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm just not feeling this guy, bro. I'm not feeling this guy. And, um, you know, he's recognizing that they ain't feeling him either. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, these people are veterans, so they, 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 you know, so it's like they recognize when something is amiss, but they don't really want to say it like that because they're trying to maintain their professionalism, 
but don't worry, I got you. Uh, uh, I'll paraphrase for you. You're full of shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's full of shit, and uh, folks recognize here that you 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 know you're full of it, and you know he's recognizing that folks recognize that he's full of it, and uh, he's trying to basically. He's trying to basically, yeah, he's trying to basically play into their hands and say that, um, you know, you know, I guess send them a signal, in a sense, throw them a bone that he might be pausing. But yeah, I know you're going to pause. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you have to pause. You, know, you, you, you have to freaking pause and you got to freaking Put the brakes on that shit. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, it's like you it's like you be you like you really being intentional and you're not paying attention. Now, if you being so intentional and not paying attention, what what's that what is that a recipe for? Collapse and disaster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and um that, that that's not that's not an option here, bro. You know what I mean? So, you know, they should get aggressive with him. You know what I mean? Like, for real, because this is some bullshit. He's giving mixed messages here, and when he's being called out, is then he wants to try to, like, like, he wants to try to shift on their side. So it's like, oh, just take it easy on me, guys. I'm just, I'm just trying to do what's right for the economy. And they're like, no, you're not doing what's right for the economy. But, but this is a, but this is a dance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a slow dance. Oh, yes. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to call it out. We got to call it out. have to call it out <laughs> all right yeah sorry about that i was just distracted by a game show that's full of shit you know what i mean yeah <laughs> sun was down like uh like almost like 60 points you know he gave some bullshit answer and oh that's the number one answer you get 60 points and you're a winner ah! so bullshit had he got like 48 points which is usually the high point for the number one answer uh all them ladies would have called him a freaking loser and i guess because of who he is the game show is not going to make him a loser all about his confidence. Hmm. Sounds familiar? Hmm. Anyway, this is Realness About Things podcast where we continue to show some love and speak some truth and provide perspective out here. So subscribe. Tell a friend, a friend, and another friend that we spitting that fire out here and uh, stay smooth out there, maintain resilience, and 
don't stop being kind because kindness is wellness and that's what we're all trying to be. And at the end of the day, it's always love, truth, and power. That's what we know. That's how we grow. You better believe that's what it is, yo. Yeah. We'll be back. Yes.